Hi everybody, this is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life and today I have Javon Townsend who is a children's book illustrator and author that I met through the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. Hi Javon. Hey Nancy. Yeah, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Yeah, thanks for, it's so nice to be invited. <laughs> well, I thought you were super sweet and really um, just a nice person when I met yeah. you through the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. So I thought you would be a really good person to talk to, to get a perspective of somebody who is new mm -hmm. um, working and um, trying to explore the field. Yeah, no, I thought the same thing about you. So I was really happy that we were able to connect. Um, yeah. Wonderful. Can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? So I am a licensed social worker um, and I have been working in early childhood for about, oh, what year is this? <laughs> for about nine years. Um, so I've worked with uh, children and their families in a lot of different capacities. I've done therapy, I've done sort of like case management support work, um, advocacy, IEP support, um, even like teacher training. Um, and uh, you and I were just talking about in 2018, um, I went as a, on a Fulbright grant to Ghana to do research um, on early childhood, like parenting during early childhood there, um, which was really nice. Um, yeah, so that's, that's sort of like my professional background. Um, and uh, as a child, my mom was in the Navy, so we moved around a lot, but one of the places that I lived um, during like my formative childhood years, so probably like, uh, like first grade through maybe third or fourth grade, um, was sort of like an, an immigrant community. So my school was just like a very diverse place. My neighborhood was really diverse. I mean, the kids were from all over the world. Some of them had been born in the States and some of them had come with their families when they immigrated here. Um, and so having that be like part of my like very early life, I think really shaped a lot of like how I see the world and how I approach the world. Um, and has sort of resulted in me being really interested in like hearing and telling stories that might be like out of the mainstream, <laughs> um, just because I've been exposed to so many different people. Um, and so there's like, uh, Ava DuVernay talks about like the specific and the universal. And so that is something that I'm like really interested in as far as storytelling of like the specific of a particular person and their individual identities and their communities, but also like what's universal about, you know, that specific person and all of us together. So yeah, I think it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> um, and I, I see my venture into children's book writing and illustration as sort of a, an extension of the work that I've done so far in social work. Um, I really am interested in sort of reaching more children, you know, like working one-on-one -on -one with kids, you're, you're like, you can only do so much in that one-on-one -on -one setting. And all of us as people are, we're social creatures. So there's sort of like that person and then also all of the people and environment that they're interacting with. Mm -hmm. um, but um, through like children's entertainment or storybooks, like you can sort of get messages to kids and they can have tools that they can access from from a storybook so 
so that's sort of part of my journey <laughs> to where I am right now. That's awesome. And yeah. I was fascinated when we talked earlier about your um, going to Africa. It's related mm -hmm. to Fulbright research. Would you mind going into a little bit more detail? Like, how did you decide to do that? I thought that was yeah. amazing. <laughs> but what made you go ahead and I'm going to apply for this? I love mm -hmm. this specific research. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. I So... Um, there's a couple of, of like big pieces that sort of fueled that decision. Um, one of which is that uh, I was really fortunate when I was in college. Um, I was able to travel to five countries as part of my education. Like I didn't like have to pay towards that other than like my regular tuition. Yeah, super unique experience. But um, so I, I got to travel a lot when I was an undergrad and um, then once I was like on my own as like a working full-time adult, I had saved up um, to go to India with a really good friend. And then the following year, um, actually, I think that was the year that I started the like knitting and crochet business that's now like sewing <laughs> because I needed a way to pay for me to go to Ghana. I had always wanted to go to Ghana since I was a kid. And um, a friend was like, I'm going to Ghana for my birthday. If you want to come, you can come. And I was like, I will find a way to get there. <laughs> so I made a bunch of hats and scarves and like made enough money to, to pay my way to go visit Ghana. And I loved it so much. I mean, it just, I, I have enjoyed all the places that I visited, but there was something really different about my experience in Ghana that I like, couldn't put my finger on mm -hmm. and I when I left there I was so sad like I started crying <laughs> and that is like not normal for me <laughs> and um I wanted to go back so I was I was trying to figure out a way I could go back and the idea of the Fulbright came to me and so I did some research and like figured out like what I would have to do to apply and um, I actually ended up applying for a student grant even though I had been out of grad I'd graduated my grad program six years before I applied for the Fulbright so um, yeah <laughs> so I applied for a student grant even though I was like outside of the student window but I didn't have a PhD and they told me I could apply and just see what happens um, so I did, and I, when I was thinking, it, it was interesting because like research hadn't really been something that I expected to be interested in, um, but before I decided to apply for the Fulbright, I was sort of like thinking about a lot of the research that my work is dependent upon, and it's very limited in its scope, and it's, <clears throat> for me, it's sometimes difficult because it's like we sort of have this idea of like what's quote unquote normal or what's quote unquote healthy, but it's coming from such a small percentage of the world's population. So, um, and I, I don't want to mess this up because it's been a couple of years. And I don't remember exactly, but I, from what I can remember, 90% of the research that we have about early childhood development comes from 10% of the world's population. Really? And most of that is white and Western, okay. but most of the work that's being done in social work is being done with people of color. Okay. It's being done internationally, you know, and so we're like making all of these decisions based on a really small segment of the population. Um, and then in addition to that, my personal experience is that um, what 
kind of things we're asking, what kind of questions we're asking about poor people, the kinds of questions that we're asking about people of color are all often based in sort of like a negative. Okay. Um, so like, what, what are they lacking? Like, where, where are they failing? Mm-hmm. And how can we help them not lack? And how can we help them not fail? And being part of a community, which like, you know, maybe on paper, what those would be the sort of questions that people would start with. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in like, well, what are we doing well? <laughs> you know, like, because we're facing a lot of adversity and we're still, and a, a lot of us are doing well despite all of those circumstances. So, mm-hmm. so what's the secret sauce there? Like what's happening that's like fueling people and, and building resilience and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so that was the question that I was asking mm-hmm. with my research. Um, was what in general I was just looking for like what are folks in Ghana specifically in Accra the the capital city doing with raising their children that are under five years old Mm -hmm. Um, but I attempted to ask those questions from like a more positive open-ended standpoint than sort of like looking for fault. Does that make sense? Exactly. Oh my yeah. gosh. Uh, Javon, when we get off of this, I, I got to take it off. <laughs> okay. I'm working on my thesis for uh, oh, yes. school and it, there is a little bit of parallel, but um, I don't want to bore the audience because I don't okay. want to hear about all this stuff, but there is some parallel between what you're doing and what I'm kind of trying to do with um, uh, children's books. So, um, yeah. but yeah, definitely talk to you about it. You, you are yeah. such a good resource. So like, how, so how do you go from mm-hmm. being in the United States, mm-hmm. taking that idea for your research, and then trying to implement it in another yeah. country? That has got to be challenging. It was super hard. <laughs> and I've never done research before either. So I was a little bit over my head. But thankfully, I had a lot of really um, generous, kind, helpful people. And the culture in Ghana is very uh, community-oriented. And so the one the one thing that I learned and like sort of miss about there is like no matter what you need if you ask somebody will help you figure out how you can get it Mm -hmm. um they might not have the answer but they'll ask the next person and the next person will ask the next person the next person so like you might be like 10 people down the line but you'll get what you're looking for um yeah so it was it was really hard it's not I haven't um I was sick at the end of my time there and like uh, when I came home. Um, So I haven't finished or published the manuscript. Um, But now that I'm doing well, (laughs) I'm hoping to like get it written and out because I do think that it, I mean, and I, it got really good reception from the folks that I shared it with when I was there. Um, So I really want to be able to give it back to them so that they can have it and use it for whatever it is that they want to use. That's excellent. So can I ask, yeah. how long did you stay in Ghana for to do your mm-hmm. research? Um, I was there for a year. So my grant was nine months, but I got an extension, which again, I was super thankful for because I wasn't well for some of that time. And so I like needed that extension to sort of like finish up the work. Um, but yeah, and it, it's really amazing to be in a completely different place for a whole year. Because at the end of that year, you sort of are like finally getting your grounding. <laughs> like you're just starting to like feel at home and then it's time to leave. Um, and there the climate is obviously different than it is here. So I live in Maryland okay. and 
we used to have pretty clear four seasons, right? Before climate change. Now we sort of have like a fall-ish, like sometimes it's a very cold winter, sometimes it's a warm winter, right? But there's like four seasons-ish. And in Ghana, there's like two. So you have, and especially in Accra, which is like on the coast um, and at the equator. So it's very, very hot. The sun is very, very direct and you have the rainy season and the dry season. Um, and so you, by the time I sort of like figured out my rhythm for the dry season, the rainy season started. <laughs> and then by the time I sort of figured out my, my rhythm for the rainy season, the dry season started. And so it's just like, yeah, it's, it's like starting life all over. It's very humbling. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And I am really thankful that, um, that I got to do it. Well, we hear that is adventurous, but that's also a very hard process. Like I had spoken to um, somebody else, um, actually my professor, she um, mm -hmm. applied for a Fulbright scholarship and got it and mm -hmm. um, got to be able to study illustration for a master's degree. But oh, it's really, cool. yeah, rigorous. She told me it's a very it rigorous is. process. Yeah. You really having to dial down on what your goals are, what are your mm -hmm. outcomes, how are you going to achieve them. Mm -hmm. So, um, And you're on your own. I think that's uh -huh. the thing is like, you know, I'd studied abroad as an undergrad mm -hmm. and as an undergrad, you know, the institution is like, we'll take care of you because we're liable, right? <laughs> they don't want anything to go wrong. But Fulbright's like, hey, when you go, you go. Uh, we'll have supports there for you. But like, as far as you getting your work done, like you are on your own. So you need to make sure you have a plan before you get there. And we, good luck, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it, it's, a, it's a very, it's an honor, you know, um, yes, yeah. to have it and to have had the experience and um, it was really, really difficult, but I'm, I'm better for it, yeah. for sure. Well, then my next question, it's like, then children's books is like easy peasy then for you. Because all those other <laughs> Not at all. Like, no. Wow. Um, it's so, so hard. <laughs> what, I, what I wanted to talk to you, because you're starting out your career in writing and illustrating for children, uh -huh. and what are some things that you've learned so far? What are the, and what's um, the hardest thing about pursuing this career yeah it's it's a it's a different beast it's it's a very challenging um first getting started well I think in some ways I've really oddly enough benefited from the pandemic because um so I had surgery the week before Maryland shut down um, and as a result I was going to be home for six weeks anyway um, recovering from the surgery but then once my quote-unquote recovery period ended I didn't have to go back to like full-time life because we were at home so that allowed me to sort of like have the recovery I actually needed versus like forcing myself back into like regular life um, and that also meant that like I didn't have to feel bad about using my free time how I wanted to <laughs> um, and so I spent a lot of time on YouTube um, I attended as many webinars as I could find you know I that's how we met with one of the um, I had attended a webinar a few a month or so before you and I met at the SCBWI um, critique session. Yeah. Um, and Tamika Grooms was yeah. like 
leading that. And so she'd had me on her mailing list. And that's how I found out about the critique session that you and I met through. Um, So it was really nice. Yeah. So I was able to attend the webinars. I was able to like, I've like studied, studied on YouTube, like (laughs) like been a deep dive into like all of the things I've been learning over the last few months. And um, but yeah, the children's book industry is fascinating. Like there's so much to it that I just had no idea about. Um, I think that I'm most nervous about like uh, marketing and just like getting my book. I mean, I, I really just, I'm spending a lot of time on this and it's something that I obviously really care a lot about, like the story I care a lot about, the images I care a lot about. And so I want them to get to people. Um, but realizing like how complicated it is <laughs> to market your stuff and make sure that it gets to people is a little bit intimidating, but I think I'll learn it and I'll get help if I need help, you know? Um, but yeah, I think I, one of the things that I've learned is just how generous people are. Um, you know, like you and I have like met to talk about my work and other people have just been really willing to like help me in any way that I can. Um, one of my friends actually was like, I'd like to support you on Patreon. And I said, oh, I guess I should start a Patreon. (laughs) And so I started a Patreon and I have a handful of folks who have like been helping me. I'm because I'm still not fully employed. Um, And, uh, you know, this project costs a lot, you know, Um, and so they have sort of stepped in and helped me cover the costs of like art supplies. I'll be able to pay for my ISBNs when I'm ready to buy them. I'll be able to afford a website, like all the sort of like behind the scenes costs of creating a book. I bought um, the photo editor and a tablet and I've like been using those to sort of like do all of my composition sketching and that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, so I've just been really thankful for like all the generosity that's in the community of like people are super happy to help me do this work. And I've also been really surprised at like how challenging <laughs> all of the work is. I don't have any sort of uh, formal art training either. So um, if it weren't for like people who have just been helping me in their free time, like I wouldn't be as far into my work as I am. So yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think it's a, your, your personality and your positivity um, really radiate. So I mm. think that's, yeah, people want to help out other people who yeah. are just, you know, they just have a great energy about them and you know that they really want to do well and that they're really, it's more than just talking, they're putting in the time and the mm-hmm. energy. It's like what I always say, you know, actions speak louder than words. And so the, the words are great because that's like the first stepping stone to say, hey, I'm going to do this. Now, what are you going to do to get you there? Yeah. But seriously, because you're a full, you got a Fulbright, you'll be okay. You know, you're you're going to do fine. This will be, you're going you're gonna to do great with this. So I just, yeah. I think it's great that you're, um, willing to talk about you know starting out with this because I think a lot of people feel like it's intimidating because like um oh I'm just starting this so I but I think it's great that you're sharing your experience yeah because you know everybody's kind of been at that point in their life where they're like I'm just starting this I don't Mm -hmm. know what I'm doing so how do I get there and so I found doing a lot of research Mm -hmm. talking to people totally helps yeah 
you're not alone and that there are avenues that you just weren't aware of. And once you yeah. talk to people, they, they generally are like everybody I've spoken to, they're very um, kind and yeah. just generous. Yeah. In their community. So yeah, I think you'll be well on your way to getting what you want, you know, getting your stories out there. And I think mm -hmm. you have a lot of, you know, potential with your stories because you've done so much, you've traveled and you have mm -hmm. such a different perspective. And mm -hmm. I think those would be great stories to share. I, I'm yeah. assuming you got a lot more stories. <laughs> I do. I have yeah. like 10 that are sort of percolating yeah. like in my brain and they're all, they're sort of like based on kids that I know. Oh, cool. It's like I have ideas about what they would like what their stories would sort of be like as <laughs> children's books. Um, even the one that I'm working on now, like it's uh, the character, the protagonists in the story are sort of like based on the kids that I lived with when I was in Ghana. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not them, but it is them, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, I know a lot of kids and I know a lot about like what their their experiences because they talk to me right so um so it's it's really I think that those stories are things that children will relate to and enjoy um and they're fun and there's adventure and there's silliness and um so yeah I I have a lot but I, I there's <laughs> they take so much time like this is I've been working on this one for uh like a year now um and I still have a lot to do so I mean you know and this is my first one so I think maybe in the future I'll be able to make progress more quickly because I'm not like learning from scratch like I've been you know um but yeah I want to get all of the stories out so <laughs> now, I'm not a writer so I was wondering if you could give a tip to people who want to be illustrator authors mm -hmm. um how do you, do you have any suggestions or tips about getting those stories out? What helps mm. you get those stories out? I don't even know. Yeah. Like the actual writing itself. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I sort of started with like a, a overall general idea of what I wanted to communicate. Okay. Um, so I knew that I wanted something that sort of reflected the sweet relationship between these two sisters. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wanted there to be elements of their real life, but I, I really wanted it to be about their imagination. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was like my starting point. Mm -hmm. And then from there, um, I learned a lot about, yeah. So anyway, so I just sort of like wrote a bunch of stuff, <laughs> like just a, a very basic draft of like, this is my general idea for the story. And then once I had, once I learned like the typical format of a children's, of a picture book, um, then I sort of used that as a guide for like how many words I needed to use and then how I was going to fit those words into the number of pages. Um, and that yeah so that sort of like helped me frame the like writing part um and then from there i got some tips from some other webinars that i attended from like people who are published and um how to make stories more engaging for kids and um that that's been super helpful so if you can find any of those kinds of resources i used um one of the free webinars i attended was through storyteller academy um 
Yeah, they have like a lot of paid stuff, which is really useful, but they also often just like throw out free stuff for people too. Um, So, and they have a lot of really good writers that they call upon for that sort of stuff. Um, Yeah, and so that was really helpful for me. And then having other people read it, you know, if you can find critique sessions, uh, that for me was a really good starting point because I had thought, not starting point, but like a a really good launching point for me, like uh, perfecting the story um, because you're reading it out loud to other people um, and story book, children's uh, picture books are going to be read out loud, right? So you need to like hear it. And I didn't realize that I was missing sort of like, a connecting conflict for the story arc. Like there was a story arc, but there was sort of a lack of a clear conflict. And um, so through that critique session, I was like, oh, that's pretty important, you know? (laughs) And now I have a really good story arc and the conflict is clear from the first page and it gets resolved in a really nice way. Um, And yeah, so so those are some of the things that I, I found pretty helpful. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that because Mm -hmm. um, I definitely would love to have you back on when you launch your book and put it out there because it's a huge accomplishment. It's a lot of work. And I think um, I appreciate your honesty because some people think it's like, it's just a kid's book. I'll just knock this out in like Mm -hmm. a week and then I'll be like, boom, here's the book. (laughs) Not at all. I guess you could, but it might not be the quality or you know, mm-hmm. the story that you uh, want to put out there. So it takes time, a lot of reworking and, mm-hmm. and yeah. critiques are really helpful because like, I go like, oh, I didn't realize, like I took an art criticism class. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. I'm not a writer. So, mm-hmm. so like I would go to the tutors and so I've written something and then, you know, they read it and they're like, is this what you wanted me to understand? And I was like, <laughs> ah, not quite. Okay. I yeah. Mean. And then it really is, you know, because the way you think in your head, exactly. I think is, it may be totally different. So yeah. I mean, it's in your head. So you clearly understand it, but once it's out of your head, it's like, uh, what? <laughs> but yeah, for me, it's like, even beyond thinking about like marketing, yeah. children really deserve good art. They deserve images that are interesting and beautiful. Like they deserve stories that are interesting to listen to and that engage their minds. And so I don't want to like spend time creating something for them that's not worth their effort, you know, (laughs) like they really do deserve something good. So I want to make sure that the thing that I'm giving to them is quality. Exactly. And that's yeah. like, um, also it becomes like what you put out as a legacy for yourself. Who, who, who do yeah. you want to be out there in the world? Because mm-hmm. those books represent you in a way, even though they're not you exactly, but um, you're putting yourself out there. And so what do you, what do you want, how do you want people to see you? Absolutely. Yeah. But that's excellent. And yeah. um, oh, how do you, balance the because especially now in the time of COVID yeah. it's very easy to become a workaholic that's what mm-hmm. I found so mm-hmm. how do you give yourself ground rules because you're recovering like mm-hmm. you what do you do so you don't overdo it but yeah. you get what you want to get done in in the week so what have you been doing that uh, helps you balance yeah it's tricky I'm hoping that hmm 
if I'm honest, I have not done a great job with balancing. Um, I think I'm, my hope is that once I'm fully employed again, that that will help me sort of regain balance because what I find that is happening is that because I'm not fully employed, I'm finding other ways to make money. And that means that I'm also working more than like I would typically work. And I'm like looking for, like I'm on the computer a lot because I'm like doing the job search thing. And then I'm like trying to make money on the side. And then I'm like on the computer for my regular part-time job. Um, And then I like want to make my art. (laughs) So sometimes I'm like, oh, it's early in the morning. I'm up. I'm going to work on this art before I start work. And then, you know, it's late in the evening. I need to work on the side project so I can make a couple extra dollars. So my hope is that once the need to like do extra work is out of the way, then I can just focus on like my work work and my um, illustrations and and children's book writing. Um, But some of the things that I found really helpful is like, I I take a walk outside every day. Mm -hmm. Unless it's like, unless the weather is just like disgusting, right? Unless it's like freezing cold rain and like I can't just, (laughs) I did attempt to take a a walk in the rain one day. I wear glasses and I... (laughs) I won't do that again (laughs) Um, unless I have my contacts on. But um, so I do, I take a walk outside every day. I've gotten better about listening to my body. I've sort of attempting to create a more ergonomic setup for myself. So like my laptop is on one of those like standing desks modifier things. It's not a standing desk. It's like a tray, you know what I mean? And you can sort of like adjust the arms up and down. Um, I bought a table to go underneath my table as like the place for me to use my mouse and keyboard and that kind of thing. Um, the tablet is there. And, um, and I try to sort of like plan out my week if I can, where I say like, I'll do illustrations on this day and this day, and then I'll do my best not to like fudge myself. Because <laughs> sometimes I just want to do the, I just want to, I just want to work on the picture so bad some days and I just do it. And then I'm like, that was a mistake. Um, and then the other cool thing is that uh, having the Patreon has been really good for me to sort of pace myself because I like, I feel accountable to my patrons. And so I'm like, I have to have things to share with them at certain intervals. And so it makes, it makes me like think through the month too. Like, you know, at this point in the month, I want to have this to be able to share with them at this point in the month. I want to have this to be able to share with them or like, Oh, I've gotten to the end of the month and I don't have anything. I should probably work on something, you know? (laughs) Um, So yeah, I'm not great at it right now. Um, But I do, I do hope that in the near future, I will get a better balance because it is really important to me to have Mm -hmm. a good life balance, um, especially pandemic life. (laughs) Yeah, because then otherwise you won't have the new stories to, yeah, experiences in order to have the, you know, inspiration for your stories and stuff. And even illustration, it's nice to every once Mm -hmm. in a while get out and I'm thinking about maybe doing some outdoor um, sketching, landscaping, uh, drawings and stuff like that, just because Mm -hmm. you do get so just stuck in one place. And And sometimes I'll even set a timer. Like if I feel like I'm like in the space where I I could potentially be at my computer all day without thinking about it, I'll set a timer or an alarm where it's like, once this goes off, I have to stop working. 
and I have to go outside or I have to like do something else that's not work, you know? Um, yeah, I find that really helpful. So my last question is at the end of your life, you've made all the art you want and written all the children's book stories. What mm -hmm. are three final truths that you would leave behind? Ah, yeah. What a, this is an intense question, Nancy. I think <laughs> when I, <laughs> no, I, I think it's a great thing to think okay. about. You know, I, when I listen to your podcast, I'm like, I don't know how people come up with their answers because that's a great question. But I wrote three things down that I hope are important to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, one is that everyone has infinite and invaluable worth. Um, I think that is like at the core of what I want my life to reflect. Um, it's just like being aware of the fact that everybody is valuable and like irreplaceable. Um, and the second one is that there is room for the full spectrum of human emotion. Um, I find that like we limit ourselves because we're afraid of certain feelings yeah. and I, we have feelings for a reason. And I find that when we are, when we learn how to access them in a healthy way, life is just so much more manageable. <laughs> and more enjoyable right um and the last one is just play is essential it's not frivolous it's not extra like it is a requirement for us in life so yeah those are my three excellent well i really enjoyed talking to you today and i think uh listeners will find your story just fascinating i know i do <laughs> and so where can they learn more about your your work and maybe your patreon mm -hmm. could you kind of say it and i'll put yeah. it in the description box too but okay yeah i'll share the links with you um so i started an instagram finally <laughs> for art uh it's just javon makes art um it's j-a-v as in victor o-n makes art um that name might change but i think i'll leave it for now <laughs> Uh, and my Patreon is patreon.com slash Javon dash Townsend. Um, and that's where I am posting all of my updates that are specific to the book. And um, yeah. Excellent. Well, Javon, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. This was great. Oh, wonderful. And everybody, um, thank you for listening to My Creative Life.